You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 255. Today, we're talking about the five core beliefs that all successful market leaders have. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now with over 2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Mind Your Business Podcast. How the heck are you? Woo! All right, we got another amazing episode in store for you. I'm bringing to you another extraordinary guest, a very good friend of mine, Mr. Colin Boyd. And I love these type of conversations because it's just like normal, casual chats with super awesome, super extraordinary, and super successful people. And, you know, people just open up, they get real, they share what's like actually working, what's really on their mind, what, what they've really had to go through. And today is no exception. And uh, Colin's amazing. We'll get into his bio in a second, but this is going to be a fantastic episode because we get into identifying the five core beliefs that all successful market leaders have. If they're successful, if they're making money, if they're making impact, they have all of these. And these are very counterintuitive. Most of us don't have these same beliefs when we start a business. So it's going to be good. It's going to be groovy. But first, I just wanted to check in with you guys and have you guys check in with me. First of all, I want to thank you so much for all the sharing that you are doing over on Instagram when you're doing that little screenshot and you're tagging my name. I'm seeing that. I share that with my team every Monday morning at our Monday meetings. And I just love the feedback. I love I love your responses. I love all of it. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Just as you guys know, most of you either have a podcast of your own or you're doing Facebook Lives, or you're sharing content. So it feels really good when your listeners and your audience is uh, responding. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It doesn't get old, I'll tell you that. So I'm here. I'm recording on a Saturday, this intro. I'm slacking again. It happens a lot. Yeah, this doing this like a day before it goes live. But it's nice taking the weekend off. Just got back from surfing. And I usually like to start these episodes before we get into an interview with like sharing either an update. My only update is that I feel like, oh, this is the first time in a long time, probably for all of 2019, that we don't really have much going on right now, which is so amazing. It has been probably the busiest quarter one or busiest three or four months that I've probably ever had in my entire business career. But James, you say, don't work hard, work less. Yeah, I do say that. <laughs> now I'm going to take my own advice. It's interesting how that happens. Like, you know, there's periods of acceleration where a lot of stars start to align. A lot of things just kind of happen at once. I found myself going to three different events, speaking at three different events in six days. And I had to travel across the country and then I had to come back for it. There's a lot of prepping for those events, my presentations. We just had our, our own workshop two weeks ago, which was amazing for our Next Level members. 
It was a lot. It was a lot. Um, I was in New York for a couple of days. It was a lot, uh, especially April. April kind of accumulated with the end. And, you know, we want to be mindful. So I, I found myself being mindful. Like, how did I wind up this way? How did this happen? And truly, really getting introspective about it. I'm not making it right or wrong or good or bad. I'm, I'm always checking in too. I'm, am I doing the work that I enjoy? Am I saying yes because I want to, because it feels right, not because I feel like I have to? You know, for the, for the most part, yeah. We've got a bigger team. We're seeing a lot of wins right now, everything we put our attention on. And so, you know, that's not a reason. I'm very clear on that. That's not a reason. Just because it is a win doesn't mean you go and do it. Just because it will be successful because there's only so much you can do. And, you know, you don't want to spread yourself too thin. And when you have a team, you know, you have to be extra mindful of them. You don't want to burn them out. So I feel like we're really starting to come to a period where we get to slow it down a little bit. We've got our team retreat in May, which is in Sedona, which is going to be much more like a laid back, relaxing, fun time. So very excited by that. But one of the reasons I want to bring this up is because I was actually, um, Chelsea and I were hanging out with Catherine Zenkina and her husband, Brennan. This is such a great story because, you know, a lot of the work I'm doing with my coaching clients and students is a lot of reframing a lot of shifting old beliefs and offering new perspectives and changing the way that people think. Because let's face it, when it comes to entrepreneurship, most people, um, especially when they're struggling, aren't thinking about it the right way. Their brain isn't hardwired for entrepreneurship. And so we got a lot of work to do there, right? So I, I do it a lot. And it's not every day that someone's able to blow my mind. And of course, you guys know Catherine. She's been on the podcast before, Manifestation Babe. We talk about her all the time. She's amazing. We're good friends. And she offered me this amazing, what I would call a double reframe. And it really blew my mind. And I, I just had to ask her to drop the mic and give her some props because I was like, damn, that's it's been a while. It's really been a while. And so I was sitting here, I was at dinner with her and it was, it was right in the middle. Actually, no, it was right at the beginning of going into these three events in six days. And I was just sitting there talking. I was like, you know, I really want to get clear on how I got here so that I can be mindful in the future to not do that. It's just, it's a it's nothing right, wrong, good or bad. It's just, I'd like not to have that much stuff, too much of an introvert to be running around the country and being in front of people all the time. And she said, um, yeah, well, you know, when you're speaking at a lot of events, uh, it means you're in high demand. And I was like, ah, Wow, great reframe, right? That's good, you know? When you're busy, when people want you to come and speak, when they want to work with you, you're in high demand. That's what that means, right? And that's a good thing. Absolutely. And that, you know, that reframe was like really great because it brought another level of gratitude and and appreciation. It's like, that's what that means. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, great reframe. And then this is where she got me. Oh, so good. She said, and when you start saying no more, you'll be in even more demand. Oh, so good. So good. And the reason that was so impactful for me is because if I'm being truly honest with you, I think at some level deep down, I didn't want to say no to some of these opportunities because I didn't want to miss out on something, right? I didn't want to miss out on an opportunity, you know, and that's what becomes such a challenge is when you, when you're saying yes to other opportunities in the past and they're big wins for you. And you're like, I'm so glad I did that. You start going and saying, oh, I don't want to miss out on this one in the future, right? This thing's really similar to that other one, and I was really glad I did that. But if I'm only making decisions looking at that one isolated event or opportunity without looking at the bigger picture of like, well, wait a second, you're saying 
yes to two others in, in six days, right? You lose sight of that, what's important to you. And so I think it was maybe a little FOMO or FOMU, fear of missing out on opportunities. Fear moo, <laughs> FOMU, right? So what a beautiful re- reframe. That was, uh, so thank you, Catherine. That was amazing. You're in high demand. And when you start saying no more, you become in higher demand. Oh, I love that. Anyways, that's my update for you. You're welcome. Let's get into today's podcast. I wanna, I'm very proud to introduce you to today's guest. He's been a good friend of mine for a long time. He is been a member of our super amazing, it's our super group, really. It's like a group full of extraordinary entrepreneurs. The mastermind that I'm very privileged to run and facilitate where just extraordinary people are in there. People that inspire me every day, okay? I'm not their teacher. I, I think I learn more from them uh, and they inspire the crap out of me. And Colin Boyd is no exception. Now, Colin helps content creators and experts speak and sell effectively from the stage, both like live event stages and virtual stages. So if you're looking to, you know, do a presentation at a live event, you know, maybe pitch a high level program or you're doing webinars and you want to sell in a webinar like a Facebook live, his strategies will help you move from getting claps and high fives to start signing clients. I love that. In fact, he spent thousands of hours on stages all around the globe selling his products and empowering hundreds of coaches and experts to do the same. And he is the number one person that I go to when it comes to anything, giving me tips and advice for speaking on stage, making an an impactful presentation. And he's just a wealth of knowledge. Now today, we're not going to talk about selling from virtual or in-person stages. We're going to, I'm just having a fantastically candid conversation with Colin about what it really takes from a mindset, the beliefs and uh, perspectives that successful influencers have, market leaders have. But as a special bonus, I said, you know what, Colin, you just have so much wealth of information and knowledge here. Um, So Colin is also joining us this Friday for a 30 minute biz tip strategy of the week edition talking all about the best strategies, best tips he can offer for crushing a presentation, a speech, or a keynote. And you're going to love it. It was amazing. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's play that interview, that conversation with Mr. Colin Boyd right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with the one, the only Mr. Colin Boyd. Hey, good to be here, James. Yeah, we're here in the office, Wedmore HQ. It's always nice to be here in person. You're you're just up the road, Newport. Yeah, moved up here about a year and a half ago, and uh, dude, it's such a good area. Yeah, I chose a good spot. Yeah, it is, and it's like always seventy five and sunny. I bet it was like that in Australia, though, right? Sydney is very similar to the OC, but a little bit more rainy. OC is just like consistent perfection minus every this, day. Minus this year, where we had a lot of yes, a lot of good rain, got yep. us out of that drought. Okay, so this is another rendition of our you know, like just cool entrepreneurial chats. And so it's really great to bring you back onto the show, have a great conversation with you. I know we're going to talk about a lot of amazing stuff here. And I think the first thing I'm going to ask in just a moment is just tell us a little bit about what you do for those that don't know you. But I also know you're going to have a little special Friday biz tip edition of the podcast coming out soon. So why don't we start there? Tell us a little bit about your business, what you do, how you help people, and uh, what we're going to talk about in our Friday episode. Yeah, so I help online experts, coaches, 
to really get the confidence to speak authentically on a stage uh, in a way that sells. And so that stage could be a live stage, which for me, that's the mecca. The live stage space could be a webinar or video. So really, it's getting that confidence to speak authentically, to connect with your audience, shift their thinking and move them to, to buy your, your programs. I love that. And so what do you want to talk about on Friday? We haven't recorded it yet. <laughs> well, on Friday, I want to talk about the, uh, the practice and tactics of how to speak in a way that sells. Yeah on any stage and the stage for me is really just a platform of leveraged communication verbally so video uh live stage yeah right how to, how it, to could do be, that. it could be a virtual stage it could well. be a virtual stage as well absolutely etc i've actually learned a lot from colin i've picked your brain many times over the years and you've shared some amazing stuff that i still take with me to all my events and everything so i appreciate that uh, i know a lot of other amazing extraordinary people have, have consulted with you. So Colin knows his stuff, but today I want to talk about, you know, you already said the word. So I wonder if maybe this is where we just start. Confidence. Hmm. I think most of my listeners, a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs and a lot of those entrepreneurs are personal brand entrepreneurs where, you know, it, this just becomes like personal growth every day, right? Like there's so much stuff to work on and it's, it's, it's process never gets done, but confidence becomes a big one. Do you feel like that was something that you struggled with in you going from your previous careers, like stepping out as a personal brand? I think for me, the pattern of self, like trying to please people has definitely been something that's come up a lot for me. And especially, you know, as you start to get more exposed, because so often, you know, they, you see people when you're starting out, you see people who are at the top of their game, market leaders, and you're like, wow, I'd love to be like them. But it's like when you start actually getting exposure and you start, you know, you start getting criticism, you start getting really into a level of vulnerability that most people will never experience. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people have this weird perception of what it means to be a market leader, but the level of commitment to emotional exposure and emotional vulnerability that people have at the top levels is huge. And I think that when you prove to yourself that you are able to back yourself enough that you can handle any emotion that comes your way, when you prove to yourself that you can do that, the level of confidence that you start to get is incredible. You almost become bulletproof in a way and you go beyond how normal people think, which is like they're always trying to avoid emotionally exposing areas and whether that be running a Facebook ad, whether it be running a webinar, doing a presentation or what, you know, just even starting a business. All of it is very exposing. And I think that as a business owner, especially as a personal brand, the personal development that you need to get to that level to become a market leader is sometimes different to what people think. It's not what they, they think it's the strategy. They think it's the tactics all yeah. the time. But I tell you what, I mean, you, you've been a massive advocate of that in my life. It's the inner work. It's the yeah. inner game. Yeah, totally. I want to go more into that too. Like what that inner work has looked like for you and what you uh, advise and suggest for other people in in the context of the personal development as an entrepreneur. I always like to say entrepreneurship is an inside job, right? It's also interesting. We were noting this before the show that people, to, uh, entrepreneurs talk about exposure. Like I want to get more exposure. I want to get on the stage so I get more exposure. I want to get on this podcast so I get more exposure. But the same root of that word, expose, has this like negative connotation as well. And you kept saying it like, I don't want to feel exposed. Let's talk about that a little bit. Is this where a little bit of this 
lack of confidence is coming from you you feel like with entrepreneurs like they want the exposure but they don't want to feel exposed completely well their their subconscious mind is telling them don't do it yeah like their amygdala their you know primal brain is going don't do it their conscious mind is going oh like that looks like something that i want to do but it's their unconscious mind that's really driving it when it comes down i mean it drives all of their feelings and so i think a big thing is is where their focus is and so you know i teach this when when people are doing a presentation it's like if their focus is on themselves then they're going to come in and they're going to feel afraid. They're going to feel scared. They're going to feel like they, you know, people are going to judge them, which they absolutely will. Like it's guaranteed, you know, and all that sort of stuff. But if your focus is on serving your audience, your focus is on contribution, then all of a sudden the game changes. And 100%, so, yeah. Yeah, and so that that shift in focus of focus on self to all the way through to focus on audience and contribution that, I mean, if I think about, you know, my business, the reason why I started it is to serve people and to help people, then I'm not afraid of being exposed. But if I think about, you know, I started my business just to make money and to look after myself and I'm worried about what people are going to think of me, I'm going to have a totally different energy and commitment level that I bring to my business. hundred percent. And this is a really fascinating concept because not most, but a lot, I think, not all, I guess most, maybe majority, I think... Generally speaking, when people start a business, they start them for those more inward reasons. Yes. You know, like my desires of better life, better future, more money, more vacations, all that stuff. And what you keep hearing, and it's really interesting when you when you're approaching your business from that lens and someone else like this, you know, good-looking chap Colin says you got to be focusing on the impact. You got to be focusing on service. It's about them, not you. When you're already in that filter, that lens of like, yeah, but I got to get, as I remember that, I don't know if you remember that for yourself when you, you know, that initial desire, like, oh, I want to have this better life and this better future. It's like you tune that out until I believe every single entrepreneur, especially as a personal brand, because there is so much that you're exposed to, you will have to pass that trial. You'll have to pass that distinction where you switch from I'm doing this for me and me alone because of what I want which is great we all have our own personal desires but there's stepping into that bigger calling Mm. that bigger desire of this is for them and the reason why that's so important is because everybody listening whether you're speaking on stage or webinar or you're going to go Facebook live or you're going to do a video or post criticism is inevitable guaranteed like (laughs) We're, how much of your time and energy is, is spent trying to avoid it? You're trying to avoid the inevitable. I always like to say that's like trying to go surfing without getting wet, right? Or trying to go rollerblading without people looking. <laughs> He's paying me out there. That's a whole <laughs> backstory. Wow. He's going to ask me to edit that part out. Anyway, where was I going with that, right? So it's unavoidable. And like the, I think the question you have, have to ask yourself is, are you willing to have a thousand people criticize you in exchange for transforming one person's life? Mm. like really transforming someone's life and if the answer is yes why let this hold you back any further right any longer 100 percent. i can i can i share something on that when i first started my business i didn't really set out to be a speaker or paid on stage or anything like that this was back in the day when i used to kind of i used to be professional speaker and i remember my first ever kind of paid gig right i was standing on the steps of a hotel and my phone rang 
and it was an executive from Hewlett Packard and he said, I really loved your presentation because I did a free presentation a couple of nights before. Loved your presentation. Would love you to come in and do one um, in the next coming you know, weeks on this particular topic. Would you be interested? I was like, you know, let me check my calendar. I was checked it. I had nothing on it at all. <laughs> Hold on. I might be booked. Oh, yeah, let, me, hang on. let me check. Yeah. They, then he was like, oh, how, you know, how much would it be? And that was the first time I'd ever quoted a price. I said $4,000 for the first time ever. And like, I was like, you know, my throat's about to choke up. And he like, doesn't even blink. He just like, yep, that's great. That's perfect. And like, I'm thinking, okay, wow. Okay. I mean, that was almost what I got paid for a whole month when yeah. I was working full time. And then I was right at the end and he goes, and I said, oh, I forgot to ask. His name was Tony. I said, Tony, um, how many people are going to be at that presentation? And he said, oh, yeah, he's, they're probably five, five and a half thousand oh, employees. <laughs> and I'd never spoken like on a stage before, really, like or been paid to speak yeah. on a stage. And I remember like physically almost dying in that moment, right? And so you can imagine it coming up. And you, you know, Sarah, my wife, she's incredible. She's like so helped me with my psychology so much. And I'm heading into it and every single day we're doing these like walks around the block. So you can just imagine it. My wife and I, we're like first year married. I'm stressing out so bad. I'm like, going, these people are going to they're gonna go, who on earth have they hired? This is his first gig. Who is this guy? He's like, he looks like he's 12 years old. <laughs> I literally was, I was so young and, and all this sort of stuff. And then, she, and then she just stopped and she was like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Like, why are you even doing this, this session? Like, you don't have to do it. Why are you doing it? And I just stopped and I was like, well, I'm doing it because I, I, I want to change someone's life. Mm. Like, I want to, even if it's just one person in that audience that I could make an impact on, I want to help them. And honestly, it was like instantly the whole feeling around that experience shifted. Amazing. And so I think that as soon as your focus shifts on running your business, on how you serve your audience and how you show up just in life, the whole feeling shifts totally because focus creates feelings. Yes. And when you're focused on something that you do have control over, I think that builds confidence a lot more. For example, you can focus, I want to help somebody. So you're focusing on your intention. I want to show up. I want to do my best. I want to whatever that at least you have somewhat control over, you know, I want to make sure no one thinks any negative thoughts about me. <laughs> I want people to only think positive things about me is something that like we know is like not possible and you just can't control what people think, say and do, you know, you know, in their lives. And so I think so often we're putting our intentions, our goals, our focus into the hands of other people that mm. we just have no control over and it doesn't even matter anyways if they think, I mean, I can't imagine how many people say negative things about me. No one. <laughs> <laughs> you better not. <laughs> that's me, all yeah, I care yeah. about. Dude, that's so good because I think, I think the only resourceful goal you can ever have is one that you can control. A right. psychologist, a friend of mine yes. said that to me one time. And I think that is such a great viewpoint. It's like when we talk about boundaries in life. I think most of the problems is usually solved by personal boundaries in our life. Mm. And people think about boundaries as being, oh, I want to stop that person talking to me. Oh, I want to stop that person doing that to me. But you can't control that. All you can control is, is whether you make the phone call, whether you block the phone call, whether you don't show up to them, whether you follow up with them, whether you like you can only control yourself. So boundaries only relate to yourself. And so when you set goals and things that only you can control, it, it definitely adds a level of like confidence and efficiency, effectiveness in you that rises up. And yeah, you can sit on that. This is 
Wow, this is really powerful because I believe, and I want to hear more about your definition of confidence and where confidence comes from, because I think this is always a fascinating topic. But in my experience, a lot of people's confidence about the future is predicated a lot on their results of the past, right? And a lot of the times, the results we receive or didn't receive from something is something that's outside of our control. Like selling, at the end of the day, Hmm. you go sell from stage, a webinar, or anywhere. And the decision that someone makes to pull out their wallet, their purse, and their credit card, and type that in, or hand that to you, is outside of your control. Like, they're in control of their actions and behaviors, and we're not like, you know, brainwashing and, and, you know, being a puppet to control someone's life. So we put so much like meaning and weight into the goal, into the result. Whereas where I really love to encourage all of our listeners, you guys listening right now, is to focus where we do have that control, which is in our actions. Like, mm. And the action is like, yeah, I, I uh, charged my fee. I said it was 4,000 and I showed up and I served it the best I could. Mm. And whether someone bought or signed up or took that action is always something that's outside of our control. But if yeah. we then let that result now dictate our confidence moving forward, you're in big trouble. We should have confidence like, hey, I did that speech, even if it was the biggest in the first one and I didn't know what I was doing, I did that. Yeah, That's where I believe we should be putting our faith and our, our confidence in. Yeah, I think for me, confidence has grown a lot through self-integrity. Mm. And so I think when you don't have self-integrity, in other words, you don't say what you do, then you're always going to lack a level of self-confidence that you could have. And we have that in our business. I know you have that in your business. Like for me, if you don't do what you say, like that's a real problem. Yeah. And I mean that on every level. So when I say I'm going to show up for a presentation or for a meeting or for whatever it is, like I show up to the best of my ability that I can control. And so everything else is just results. And you can't control the results. You tweak how you show up to get different results eventually. It can affect the results. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. But you can't control them. And I love that even the Stephen Covey circle of influence circle of concern, which is like all the results are the concerns. That's what you want. But everything that you can control is within your circle of influence, which Mm. is yourself, your emotions, your thinking, how you show up, your feelings, all that sort of stuff. And until you master that, you're never going to ever shift any of your concerns in the way that you want them to be. And the more time you spend on your concerns, the smaller your circle of influence becomes. And so when people obsess about, you know, like a certain result and they don't focus on what they can actually control and get obsessed with mastering that thing that they can control, whether it be a launch strategy, whether it be their thinking, whether it be like they don't get obsessed with that, they'll never get the result that they want because they're not getting obsessed with the thing they can actually control. Oh, I love that. It's so huge. (laughs) It really is. Like, it's so simple. And I always love like the logical test where you just like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Like it's, you know, like that's pretty accurate and logical, but that's not always what people are doing. Yeah. They're defining who they are. They're predicting their future Mm. based on something that's completely outside their Mm. control. Something that's really shifted me, even just recently, just a whole other level, has been my commitment to what I believe about myself on a daily basis. Your commitment to what you believe about yourself. Yeah. So... Every single morning, I'll sit down for about 20 minutes or so. I'll grab a cup of coffee 
because I know I like coffee, but I don't necessarily like doing this habit. But now I now I actually love doing this habit. But at the start, if you've read Atomic Habits, he talks about habit hacking. And basically, you do a habit that you like and a habit that you don't like, and you link them together at the same time, and you can habit hack. And so, or it. habit stacking, I can't remember the exact term he uses, but essentially, I'll sit down and I literally write out my beliefs. Like, what do I believe about myself? You know, like, I am a transformational communicator. I am a leader of industry leaders. Like, I, I write out this stuff about myself and it just gets me into a different state. And I think your psychology, because we know that our thoughts creates our feelings and our feelings creates our actions and our actions create our results. And so, really, at the start of it, it starts with a thought and that's really where you shift everything. And so, I think that if from a mentality perspective, from a thought perspective, a really practical exercise from a psychology perspective is, I mean, I sit down every morning and I do not miss this. It's such an enjoyable experience for me now. And I write down, what do I believe about myself? All my I am statements, something kind of really out there, not that out there, but it's kind of funny. Not, not for our listeners. <laughs> not for our, so my whole life, I've chewed my nails. Right, mm-hmm. almost my whole life, I've chewed my nails, and I and I've tried everything, like t- tried all the things that you paint on your nails that you know, you know, to make them taste, taste horrible gross, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I tried all those things, nothing worked. Right, my daughter Georgia, she is three years old, just in four. She bites her nails as well, and I was telling, I'm like, I'm like Georgia, don't bite your nails. Your nails look so beautiful. Like you should look after them, all that sort of stuff. Does not listen to me one thing but at daddy, all. But daddy, you're a hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> A couple of months ago, I sat down and I'm like, I'm committed to a new identity Mm. as a person. And I wrote, I have beautiful nails. And I was a guy on the edge, but that's what I wrote. I have beautiful nails. And I wrote that every single day. And I literally write that every single day. And I, I mean, look at my nails. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. I, I literally, and I don't have any urges to bite my nails at all anymore. And do you know what the, this is the magic. Mm. The other day, we just took Georgia to get her nails done at the nail salon because she doesn't bite her nails anymore. Wow. And I didn't say anything to her. So you're writing down not the beliefs you have, but the beliefs you're choosing to adopt moving forward. Yeah. 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 And sometimes they can feel uncomfortable because it's like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's right. not who I am. Yeah. Um, but, but it as, feels less and less. Yeah. But as you write them more, as you write them more and more, it's just because your current identity isn't matching up to it. And so you have a psychological dissonance. And so your brain goes, you know, hey, that's not who you are. But you're like, no, this is who I am. And when you even look at like Nazi back in the day with Nazis, they used to get the Jewish people to write out their doctrine and physically write it out. And that would slowly indoctrinate them in the belief systems. Because whenever you physically write something, not typing, physically write something, something neurological and physiological that happens in you and start to resonate with it. It's also interesting that from like a subconscious mind standpoint in the nail biting, you didn't say, I no longer bite my nails. I'm stopping mm-hmm. biting my nails. Stop biting your nails. Because what do you focus on when you thought? <laughs> That's what I used to do. Yeah. Right. We well, just keep biting your nails. And so you had to go take an extra step, which I think is really clever to say, well, what would I focus on that would make biting my nails mm. not a thing anymore? Do you know the phrase I love that's helped me a lot is I am the type of person who, so I say not just, I, I didn't start with I have beautiful nails because I felt like a lie. I wrote, I am the type of person who has beautiful nails. Wow. And that I am the type of person, for me, it created a little bit of distance that I could resonate with it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm moving towards being that type of person. I'm the type of person. That's really cool. Yeah, I really like that. That really helped me. But it was point is it was stated in the positive. It was point yes. it was stated as an outcome that you want to focus on. 
Correct. Because your unconscious brain can't process the negative. Yeah, it just focuses like, on biting, biting, biting nails. Totally. Nails, biting nails. Yeah. Totally. Bite your nails. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you do. Don't bite your nails. <laughs> Stop being an idiot. So Stop that's... Being an idiot. <laughs> so, yeah. Which we tend to do sometimes. It's okay. Totally. We can counteract that, especially when we have an intentional habit like that. What did you link it to that you was the habit that you did like? How do you mean? You said you linked a habit you didn't enjoy to... Oh, the coffee. Did. Coffee drinking. Oh, the coffee was a positive habit. So the habit of actually writing my identity out every single day. When you first did that, you didn't day. enjoy that. Like writing my identity out felt uncomfortable. Yeah. And so I linked it with having a cup of coffee. I love coffee. Yeah, so yeah, I make yeah. a you know, drip coffee at home and I sit down. I've got the beautiful coffee smell and I sit down with my journal, my A5 journal, and I just write out my, my beliefs That's every great. single day. And then Let's I do talk about why um, it was uncomfortable. Why do you feel like it was uncomfortable? For well, you? I think because my, my identity wasn't that. And so, because my my brain unconsciously goes, that's not who you are. Yeah. Like it, it, it kind of creates resistance with it. And so, but as you do it over and over again, you start to sit with it, you start to resonate with it. And I liked it for me, like that statement, kind of working out the statement that works for you. For me, it was, I'm the type of person who, yeah. that was a softer version of it. And then it led into, I am a person who. I have to also assume, or at least it's the thought I like to play with that, that part of you that doesn't, like it or doesn't want to do it or resist it is because it knows that you're going to change as a result yes a hundred percent which is a primal need it's like the avoidance of uncertainty yeah so because we want comfort yeah. we want to stay the same it's basically like hey this is gonna work <laughs> and Stop it. that means you're gonna change yeah and i don't want you to change yeah and so, it's gonna feel painful yeah like we feel like it's gonna feel painful but it, it creates freedom yeah but eventually it creates freedom it's like leaning into that pain uh -huh. and i feel like like you know you've really taught me this as well james is like leaning into the pain i actually did a facebook live on it the other day and i think that most people and it's not i'm not talking about pain of like hustling hard or anything like that it's it's the pain of like like what's coming up in you that resistance and learning to sit with it versus and, suppressing it and pushing correct. it down and pretending it doesn't exist yeah. correct and it takes so, so much courage it, it takes a big person to and anyone can do this mm -hmm. is to sit with that pain yeah. and i think we even did an experience one time where i sat with the pain that i was feeling at one moment and you facilitated a space for me to sit with it and like and then it just dissolved yeah and so it takes so much courage to lean into that and because it's emo what i'm talking about is emotional pain it's it's the emotional stuff that comes up that that most people are scared to sit with and it dissolves after you after you sit with it, it just needs some needs some love it's such a crazy like catch-22 almost just like hypocrisy that we live into which these are the things that we like try and suppress a lot of times because we're afraid of what others will think if they knew the truth <laughs> yes. about what goes on in our mind but the funny thing is that and this is like where vulnerability comes in is it's those that have the courage to actually share those, that's what will connect you to other humans the most. Because mm. you're like, oh, you're just like me. A hundred percent. Well, it's I, actually a likability thing. Like if someone steps yeah. on stage and they're like a big wig and they trip over, you're like, oh, that's kind of cute. Like that's endearing. Right. So, but it's like they're on the stage, they've got authority, but they've also got vulnerability and it's that match in between, mm. boom, like that is attraction. Now- Let's get into that a little bit. Okay. Now, we were both shared the stage at the Kajabi Impact yes. event, which was awesome. And I don't know if you were prepping backstage, but I started crying in the first 60 seconds. Did you know that? At my mm -hmm. presentation? Yes, I did see you have a moment. Yeah. That was not... I don't think I shared it on, on the podcast yet. 
That was not intentional. In yeah. fact, I speak going back to what you said. You earlier. didn't write in your thing, cry at uh, 60 cue seconds. The tears. <laughs> cue the tears. I have, a, I have a pin in my pocket and I just stare <laughs> myself really hard until Oh, I God. <laughs> Everyone, I'm really emotional. Cue the tears. <laughs> That's that's what I do. No, going back full circle to what you're saying about asking or just showing up from a place of service, I'm constantly asking that, like, what do these people need from me? Actually, what to go even weirder and deeper, I'm trying to get little James out of the way. Hmm. I'm trying to get ego James out of the way as hmm. much as I can. He's just in the way. He's going he's gonna to be the governor and the governor I mean here is I used to work on like motorcycles and stuff. And the governor was the thing that would prevent you from opening the throttle all the way because it didn't want to blow out wow. the engine. So a governor is in place on cars and engines and motorcycles and stuff so that you don't redline, you don't wide open. And so I look at little James and his ego and his, his identity of who he thinks he is and oh, people follow him and stuff like that as the governor. And I got to let him out so that like mm -hmm. when I'm up there, it's like full bore, full throttle, whatever comes out. And I kept asking that. And there was a story that kept popping up. Then, of course, I'd come back in. Nope, I'm not going to. And I pushed that down like 10 times before. I was like, no, nope, I'm not going to share that. And then I made an agreement with myself. I don't know if you ever do any of these things before <laughs> you go on stage. This is me being weird. But I'm like, all right, if it presents itself, you know, sometimes like you're just going down a, your presentation and like. Mm -hmm pathway opens up and you're like oh i could put this story here and sure enough within 60 seconds it did because they <laughs> the kajabi guys they like totally i don't know what they did we gave them the wrong bio or something they're talking about like james Woodmore is a video marketer i was thinking exactly the same thing when i was seeing all the bios i'm like who this is not james Wedmore. <laughs> I, I don't know. know who this guy is so it kind of sparked a different start from my presentation yeah. and then there was the story and as yeah. soon as i brought it up like i, I couldn't hold back tears and um Anyways, which was I, linked to the transformation that you've been through and then it, that moving to service. What was it that? was the story I shared was yeah. uh, me going to my first event that I had ever been to 11 years earlier. And I was so like back with, then, your dad. with my dad. Yeah. Yeah. And who I was. And oh, my gosh, it's not the same person. Anyways, when I shared that experience and like it was like my dad nudges me and he's like that one day that'll be you kid. Wow. And how, how scared I was, how lack the lack of confidence I had. To even, like, I could not talk about, like, moving into the pain and the fear. Mm. I resisted that so much that, like, I almost had a panic attack in that moment when mm. my dad's telling me, one day that'll be you. Because I was like, hell effing no. Just the thought, yeah. Just the thought of it is like, absolutely not. Mm. And the reason I share this is because when I hung out with people after the event, that was the number one thing they remarked on. So that was the true, no man. thank you so much for sharing that story about you and your dad oh, that happens all the time yeah is like well what's happened is i think i like i watch people when they get to this kind of state is uh, there's this guy td jakes he's he's a preacher right but i think he's what probably one of the top three communicators on the planet at the mm. moment his name's td jakes and he has this kind of thing he goes think yourself clear so get kind of yourself clear he says pray yourself hot or it could be practice yourself hot and then let yourself go and so you do all the prepping, you do all the strategy, all the sort of stuff, getting ready. And when you get on, when you get on stage, that example, it's like you let yourself go and you open yourself up to the magic. Yeah. And when you've got room for that, and you've put ego aside, and you show up and you're present, and you connect with people on on that level, like stuff comes out that yeah, that is yes. just game changing. And this is beautiful because I think some people might hear this and be like. Yeah, but I got to go get that other certification or go learn a couple more things first so I can go and do that. And the three steps you just shared and just that 
simple way of showing up, you can do that right now. You can start to get out of your own way and let what comes out come out and to really accept that. And I think this is a powerful thing for people to accept, especially coaches, teachers, course creators, membership site owners, et cetera, that where you are right now, like today, Monday, listening to this episode, you have something already that can make a difference for somebody. I'm all about, hey, keep putting more tools in your toolbox, your toolkit, keep learning more, keep growing, but don't do that because you don't know enough or you're not ready yet or you don't have enough authority enough. There's something right now that you have yeah. in this moment that you can share. Well, with people somebody. meet that need for progress by learning more. Right. And so they, they go on to learning and learning and learning, but they don't do, they don't get the do learn ratio right. And, totally. and so they're not, but it's usually just because they're, they're afraid. Yeah. Like, like it's like they're afraid to fully show up and be emotionally vulnerable. They're, mm-hmm. they, but this is what they're afraid of. All they're afraid of is just a feeling. I know. Like, and a feeling and then an yes. interpretation in their own mind of the event. That's what they're afraid of their own interpretation of the event. And they're afraid of a, a vibration in their body. Yeah. That's, that's literally what they're that's right. it. Yeah. That's it. Like that's stopping them. Right. And this is what we mean when we say you create your own reality because you're just Completely. creating that, that feeling and that interpretation. Completely. And you can change that interpretation and you can also In change a second. the feeling. In a yeah. second. Yeah. yeah. Great example of this is, uh, and I shared this on stage, you have somebody that's afraid to show up, doesn't have that confidence because they don't want criticism. And they've linked this interpretation that criticism is bad. Criticism means... I don't have anything worth sharing. I'm not young enough. I'm not old enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm too pretty. And then <laughs> <So> you, <true. laughs> yeah, then you have these people that are already successful. I know Tim Ferriss has said this many times. He says, when I started getting criticism, that's when I knew I had made it. Mm. So here's this unavoidable, inevitable thing, criticism mm. that you're all going to receive. And the only difference is is the interpretation that we choose to put on it. When I first started my business, I remember I was blogging I was, and I was writing like success blogs. So right, these are the guys had really not much success in his life. I mean, I was, I was doing okay. I'd, I'd finished university, I'd got a job and whatever, right? And then I'm writing these success blogs and I get this comment. It was like one of the first comments that I ever got. And it was from a guy from school. And he was like, Colin, I know who you are. I saw you at school, like all the stuff you're writing about is complete bull crap. You know, you're kidding yourself, like, you know, go and get a real job yep. and like stop being a, like an idiot, basically. Yes. And I remember like being devastated right. by that comment. <laughs> and it was like the first comment on my blog. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, And it's posted publicly. Posted publicly. Oh. Probably couldn't work out how to delete it because I'm like a tech spaz, <laughs> you know, like all that sort of stuff. And then I eventually came to the realization of I'm hitting, I'm hitting boundary. Like I'm about to go to my next level. This is evidence that I'm going to my next level. And that completely shifted everything for me. Now, to take you guys really down the woo-woo path, I believe those things come in because there is still a part of us that has that fear within us, right? There was a part of, let's just assume for a moment, we shouldn't assume too much, but to play out the scenario of the theory I'm proposing here is that, Colin, you're writing these blog posts and there was a part of you that was like, maybe a small part, maybe just like 1% of you going, you know, but if anybody who's known me 
in my life up till this point. They're not going to buy this. Totally. Right? And then as soon as we we're, we have that inside of us, boop, there's somebody going, yep, and I'm going to show you evidence that that's what you believe. And then that's where people stop. Mm. They go, okay, yeah, I was right. So I shouldn't do this. Who was I kidding? I was trying to fool people. Whereas you kept going and you reframed it mm. and you put a new meaning on it. Where it's it. like, that's the thing I need to deal with. Like, that's the thing yes. I need to work through. Yes. Yes. Mm. Not, that's the reason why I should stop. Yes. Like, that is just the, that's the door to my next level. Yes. When I work through that resistance of what I had when I was writing that blog that's shown up in physical reality, it's kind of manifested in my life. Yes. When I work through that, that's the door. In other words, to put another way, you can't get what you actually want until you go through this door. Mm. That's yep. the next test. Not that the universe is testing you or anything, but that's the next it is. thing. It is. And it will just keep showing up yes. until you move past it. Yes. And then your world, as you change, your world can't not sh show up differently. Completely. Oh, uh, I love it. Yeah. I know we're going to get into, you came up with a list of six of the big beliefs that you see market leaders and influencers and speakers have. I would love if we could get into those. And for all of our listeners who are listening, you can begin to try on these new beliefs because I know some of them might be a little, they may feel a little counterintuitive. They may feel a little like you don't agree with them. They also may feel like things you've heard before. But as we like to point out time and time again on the podcast, this isn't just about filling your head with more information that you get to say, oh, I know this already. This is an invitation for you to say, am I operating from this belief? Am I actually living from this place? And that's the big differentiator. Because you said yourself, our results come from our actions. Our actions are coming from our thinking, our feeling, and our beliefs about our thinking and feeling, and all that stuff, mm. that whole inner world. And so this is a big part of that is our belief system. Completely. Well, the, like the hierarchy of creating results. Yeah, exactly what you said. It's you have beliefs, your beliefs create your general thoughts, your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings create your results, and your yeah. actions create your results. Yeah. Like 100%. Like, so this is the foundational level. It really is. 100%. And, and, and like, I just say this over and over again, but you take a, a typical successful entrepreneur and a typical hardworking, successful person in a great job or career, and they have two very different paradigms and models of the world. They mm. think differently. They have different perspectives. They see the world in a completely different way. And I think a lot of people are taking the paradigm, the belief system of, mm. of an employee, and they're trying to use that same system in entrepreneurship. Mm. So we have to start shifting that. We have to start thinking differently. And I think like from a really practical perspective with beliefs, one of the things I noticed that if you're wondering what your belief is, you look at the results that you have in your life, how much money you earn, yes. how big your team is, how your lifestyle is. That's what you believe is possible currently for you right now. Let's talk about this because I don't actually think you can see your beliefs. Yeah. Okay. The best analogy is like- You're unconscious to them because they, they're just, yeah, you don't know what you don't know what they are yes, kind of thing. A hundred percent. It's like a fish in water can't really see the water. Yeah. How's the water? Right. The old fish swims past the two little fish. Have you heard that one? No, no. Oh, dude. You, oh, dude. It's so good. So two young fish swimming along, having a chat, right? And an old fish swims past and, and he goes, hey guys, how's the water? Or oh, the water, should I say? Yeah, the water, water. The water. The water. How's the water? And the two young fish look at each other and they go, water? What's water? Yep. <laughs> like they don't have, they have any idea of what it is. Where yes. the old fish, he's learned what's around them, what's affecting his world. Yes. Yes. That's really great. <laughs> what that's, is that's water? Perfect. 
what is he talking about? Yeah. So a great example is like if you put on a pair, like when you go skiing or out to the mountains or a different environment and you wear a different type of sunglasses, like the really polarized like orange lens. And if you're wearing those all day long, you start to forget that like, wow, the sun is really orange. The sky is so orange. Like you, your face, your skin is really orange. They're not. That's just the filter of the lens lens, through the glasses. Well, now that's just a day of wearing these orange polarized glasses. Now imagine you put on these glasses when you're like six and you never took them off and you start seeing the world this way Mm. for years, for decades. And then someone comes on a mind your business podcast this guy named James, and he's like, what are your beliefs? And that's like, what is this, th- these glasses that you put on so long ago that you can't distinguish between the glasses and, and reality? Mm-hmm. And so this is, I think, a really important mm-hmm. thing. And even if we have a lot of people that when we talk about belief change, they're like, I think I found a limiting belief. And I'm like, and I'm sure that's not actually a belief because there's something below that, <laughs> totally. right? It, it's as if you know your ego, your subconscious mind does not want you to know that you have this pair of sunglasses on because it threatens its its uh, foundation, it threatens its reality, what it's believed to be true. The sun, your face isn't actually orange like you think it is, but exactly what you say, that's what I really wanted to stress on this, is that we can begin by looking at the results that Mm. we have or don't have in our life. That's a good way to work them out. And our emotional states. Yeah, your consistent emotional states, what's showing up feeling-wise, 100%. And then, so I love that idea of like you pause and you just stop. You feel the feeling, whatever you're feeling, and you go, I wonder what, what thought has created that and you can usually find something and most people never be conscious enough in their life to ever work that out but that's where it starts and then or if people want to take that one step further they'll say something like well yeah he was a jerkwad okay but that goes back to what we were saying before about putting our life back in our own hands for the things that we can have control over can't someone else exist on this planet and be a jerkwad can't they go be a jerkwad or do you do you have to be unhappy and miserable until everyone else on the planet is happy. Hmm. How much of a jerkwad are you being? <laughs> that sounds like you're being a jerkwad, right? We don't have control over how people are going to show up. Hmm. And I've shared many stories of this when you, we start to practice compassion and understanding yeah. that chances are someone's being a jerkwad is because they're going through their own stuff. Yeah. You know, that's why they're they're acting that way in most Completely. cases. Yeah. I just feel like you feel empathy for them. You're like, I wonder what they've been through yeah. to show up in their world like that. 100%. And I wonder what interpretation they've had from what they've been through, yeah. which is more accurate, yeah. to show up in their world like that. Yeah. So, so getting really clear. I, I just love this conversation. Yeah. Having but, so good. But, but getting clear on how you feel. And when it's, it's a feeling that doesn't feel good, we can start to ask, what am I focusing on that isn't true? Yeah. That could be a belief. That could be something that is not true for me. That's limiting me in some capacity. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, let's get into six things that Mm. uh, are true. Five things. It's five, yeah. Five things. Sorry, Mm. I said six. That's right. Five things, and I'll add a six. How about that? Yeah, that'd be great. I was going (laughs) to hope you would do that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, dude, I've only got five. Okay. (laughs) So you better add the six. We got to (laughs) over-deliver. Five things that you see as true for those that have really become successful, like yourself. Mm. Go ahead. I mean, for me, in, in my space of like showing up in my business on in social media, uh, so whether it be a Facebook Live, a uh, live stage or a webinar, for me, one of the biggest shifts and beliefs that I had to come to the fact, the the core belief was, was that whenever I speak to someone, I am selling. And so sometimes people think speaking is education. So when you're on a Facebook Live and you're speaking to your audience, you think, oh, I'm educating them. No, you're not. You're actually selling them. Now, even if you don't have an offer, 
an offer at the end, you're still selling them on an idea. You're selling yes. them on a philosophy. You're selling them on something that hopefully will be helpful for their lives. And so that's the first belief that I think is really resourceful as a business owner. Because for me, knowing how to persuasively communicate an idea is the foundation of business growth. It's foundation yeah. of building a team and like creating a team environment of selling an idea or anything like that. So speaking of selling is the first one. This is great. And uh, I want to share my spin on Do it, it, which is that... The same thing is that as an entrepreneur, as a personal brand, especially, you're always selling. And selling doesn't always mean asking for money. Yes. Selling on your, asking for your time, asking for your attention, asking for you to take an exercise, uh, take action, to answer a question, to fill out a form, to leave a comment. We are always, always selling. Even just to take on an idea, oh take on goodness. this philosophy that could be helpful for you. It's always selling. Yeah. And that's, that's critical. And so, some, so many people are trying to start a business and they're trying to avoid selling. Yes. Every uh, step so, they'll way. avoid building a business. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they'll do that really well. Exactly. Yeah. And you just look around. Every influencer that you yeah. look up to, they sold you on their belief 100%. system. They sold you on following them on Instagram. Look at their profiles. Just read somebody's profile that you follow. They are telling you why to follow them in there. Yeah. They have sold you on, here's why I want you to give me your 0.4 seconds of scroll time mm. as you see my Instagram things coming through your phone. Mm. And so I think what might be coming up for some of the listeners is I feel uncomfortable with selling, Yeah. right? Yeah. And so this is the next frame that they need to Perfect. take on, which leads perfectly into it. So it is that... You need to come to a point where you understand that selling is serving. And selling is serving at its highest level. I remember a conversation that we actually had in Inner Circle, at an Inner Circle retreat with you, James, where we were talking about the price, like the, the level of commitment it takes to be in an Inner Circle. And we were talking about the, you know, the cost of it. And I, I think I said to you in front of the audience, I was like, I always think I've got an audience <laughs> yeah. in front of the people. Yeah. It's like my audience yeah. is not. And I said to them, I said, James, the, that when the price tag you put on Inner Circle wasn't, it's not even about you getting the money. What it was about was you created a space for a level of commitment so that when we entered that space, we could commit to ourselves at a higher level. And so you were serving us in creating a commitment level that was beyond what we've ever, ever committed to before. And that commitment creates or attracts higher caliber, which then reinforces the value back to the group. Because what was also going through my mind was, I don't want anyone in this room dropping 30 grand to grow their business isn't a no brainer for them. Hmm. Not like it isn't you know, a lot of money, that we can talk about whether that is or not all day long. It's all subjective, but that they're willing to do that. Those mm. are the type of people I want to work with. Yep. Those are ironically the people that are the most committed and that tend to grow the most. You completely. Know? I also just think pricing in general, people have completely backwards. It is crazy. Did you ever read Dan Ariely's book, Predictably Irrational? I'm listening to the audio book at the moment. At Audible. the moment? Yeah. Audio. Come on. At the moment, yeah. At the moment. At the moment, yeah. Right now in this moment. <laughs> No, no, not this Literally. moment. Literally. Like while we're on this I've got call. it in my left ear. No, but that's amazing. That's amazing. I bring yeah, that yeah. book up and you're listening. It's a fantastic book, yeah. right? And it just shows you. So we're trying to apply common sense to our pricing. And the entire book is scientific social studies proving that people don't apply common sense to buying. 
Why would we completely, apply? <laughs> like, completely when it not. comes to the decisions people make with money, there's it's so yeah. bonkers and backwards. And then we, of course, as salesmen and saleswomen, so like how much are people willing to pay? I was actually talking about this mm. on a late Facebook Live, where people choose their price based on what are people willing to pay? Mm. You know why that's such a dangerous question? Because if you really gave people the option, like if I said, um, you know, Colin, I'll let you, uh, you know, join next year in the inner circle. Would you rather pay 30000 or $1? you'd be more willing to pay the $1. Hmm. Like if people have the choice, they're always willing to pay less. Yeah, totally. So so when we ask those type of questions, we're hmm. not going to get good answers. And so yeah. for me, even just in pricing the inner circle, it was what price point is going to really create a commitment from somebody where they know that this is serious. Like yeah. it's, it's big. And it means big that needs. you can serve people at a greater level as yeah. well because oh, 100 percent. so for me it is so think about someone in your life james like someone in your life who you. has no for you but someone that isn't you. other than me yeah. other than yeah. me who's made a huge impact on your life someone else in your life who's been a leader in your life who you've joined or done one of their programs right and imagine that they had never made that offer to you yeah. to join the program I wonder what would be missing in your life, in your business, in how you show up. If they had never presented the offer to serve you at a greater level, what would be missing, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't even have to answer that. But I just, you know, even the listeners, they can think about someone who's made an impact, a personal development person or someone who where you've spent money, you've done their programs, they've literally had a massive impact on, on their life. And, you know, I think about for me with Tony Robbins, like Tony Robbins like started kind of everything for me. And if I didn't do when I when I first started out back in there, the business mastery, you know, did the firewalk, all that sort of stuff. And that was a big shift in my world. And I'm so grateful for that. And if he didn't make that offer, then I, I may not even be here. That was just part of my journey. So completely. Yeah. And you can even go the reverse where like we all have a time where we've invested in something and we didn't we you know, maybe we we're disappointed in some way. But I'm sure maybe it needs a little bit more time. But if you look back, there was some value or lesson 100%. that was still worth the price of the investment. Hmm. I've heard stories of people like going through products and they were like so disappointed with what the results they're getting that they were fed up to the point that they decided to go out and create their own and create better and then build a successful business <laughs> from it. Like, wow. great, you know, like we can always hmm. choose to look at any situation as positive yeah. and, and valuable. I'm not saying, hey, just put crappy products out there and people get value out of it anyways. But yeah, I mean, selling really is serving. Selling is serving. And I think that when you feel congruent with that, it will help you to serve your audience. And, and it actually takes away the fear of that. Here's another reason why. In order to sell and to say sold, hmm. the decision has to have been made by the person. Yes. And that decision is backed with skin in the game mm. and a cost of something and when it's money they've got to really weigh that decision and so i've always talked about this inside business by design with this beautiful gift where chances are the person that you're here to serve needs serving because they're in a problem mm. right they're going through a problem and chances are the reason that they're in that problem is because they've been avoiding making a change and a commitment to solve it it's like you have read by my third point Damn it. The third, I, the third belief great. is that clarity of decision is value. Yeah. 
And so whenever you are serving your audience, if you serve them in a way that brings them to a place of congruent, integrous decision, that they are committed to making a true change in that area of their life, that is value. Yes. And so we think value is how-to content a lot of the time. Right. But I mean, you've been talking about this as well. How-to content is actually hurting your audience yep. because it's giving them all the stuff. Like, it's, have you ever had someone go, hey, James, can I take you out for coffee and pick your brain? I mean, I get those emails all the time. Yes. Can I pick your brain? I was like, awesome. Um, <laughs> so basically someone who's you know not committed to their actual results. Yeah. And so you have a coffee with them, like you help them out. You have a coffee with them. You download everything, like you know verbal vomit. You give them all the how-tos, every single practical step. You catch up with them a month later. How'd you go? with all the stuff and they're like oh you know they've done like zero like absolutely nothing right and so because there was no commitment and so whenever you're in a conversation with your audience it's really about bringing them to a place of congruent decision because it's only then you can help them 100% and that decision that they're putting off I mean that's the thing is like I think most people are putting off is forced with a sale and that's the Mm. thing is like we think let's look at it this way selling isn't forcing anyone to buy it's forcing people to make a decision yeah and that's the thing they've been putting on i always joke around with like people who are amazon prime members probably have like 150 items in their wish list all the things that they'll one day someday buy but the timing's never right so not right now and people are doing that in their lives they're putting it off for later and we as a really a market leader being of service Mm to create that environment of now's the time to make a decision and you can decide no but at least you're getting your butt off the fence which sitting on the fence doesn't feel good anyways exactly the reason why they don't have the results is not because they don't have the how-to it's because they haven't made the decision yet at a a big enough level 100% because people who make that commitment that's the thing is that's another thing is like what does commitment mean to a lot of people like even when I had Jim Fortin on the podcast and he worked with me he's like James I have to say this to the listeners, like you have one of the highest levels of commitment of anyone I've ever worked with. And it took me a while. It's a nice compliment. It feels good to hear that. But is there really levels to commitment? Hmm. Or is there just is it just a one and zero? Hmm. It's either you're committed or you're not. You're either going to do what it takes to make it happen no matter what, or you're not. There's no such thing in my world as 99% committed. If you're 99% it's bar- committed, binary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's binary. It's yeah. one or zero. You, mm. you cannot, in my world, you cannot be 99% committed. Mm. That just means you're not committed, but you're hungry and have a big desire. Mm. That's not what commitment is. Commitment is like, now I'm not a father yet, but I have to imagine that no matter what happens, no matter what, you're committed to your children's safety and well-being. 100%, yeah. Anything could happen, a, a natural disaster, business coming crashing down, economy. I'm not trying to be doomsday, hmm. but no matter what, you will make sure that your kids are taken care of. Yeah, 100%, no matter what. Yeah. No circumstance would get in the way of that. Hmm. No lack of sleep would get in the way of that. No clients would get in the way. Of that. That's commitment. Hmm. And I think people just throw that around. Yeah, I'm committed. But yeah, the thing is, is I got... You know, the Game of Thrones just came out and <laughs> totally. my wife is having a dinner party and she need you know, that's not commitment. That's, yeah. you know. Oh, uh, has just been re-released and <laughs> got to go do that. <laughs> yeah. Watch that. Exactly. You got me on to OA. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I still like season one better. but Yeah, anyway. same, same. Yeah, it got better reviews on the second season. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I could talk about that all day. Fourth one. Fourth one. Fourth one is... 
It's this resolve that you are here to not just inspire people, you're here to transform their lives. And so this is what comes up a lot of the time when people, when they're priming for a webinar or they're priming for something and they're like, oh, but Colin, you know, if I do the webinar and I don't give them all the how-tos, then, you know, is that really helping them? First of all, clarity of decision is value. Yes. Secondly, is that when you're there, you'll inspire them in an hour, but your program will transform their lives. Right. Our programs will transform their life. The journey they go on and our experience in their programs will transform their lives, not the webinar. The webinar will inspire them. It'll make them kind of feel good maybe a little bit. But when you make that commitment to show up in a way of, I'm inspiring you until you're ready to transform your life with me. Yeah. And so that's that's just the, like a res, uh, resolve that I have in myself that, feel, that, that really helps me to whenever I have a speaking engagement, whenever I run a webinar or I do a Facebook Live and I'm going to make an offer, I'm always like, I will inspire you. Like, this is going to be good. This is going to be fun. We're going to have some fun. But you know what? If you really want to be transformed, then you got to show up in my programs. Yeah. That's where I can really serve you. That is so important because we brought this up recently and I talked about it at the Kajabi event about the whole phenomenon of the Pygmalion effect where your belief in your products and your belief in your people, your customers, is affecting their results. Yes. This is proven. Mm. This is proven. That stood out for me as well when that presentation, when you yeah. did that. So you don't believe your stuff is good enough and then people come in, you're going to probably be thinking, well, I don't really think that they're going to see results. That belief is not just creating your reality, it's creating theirs. It's mm. affecting their, their reality. I mean, and we talked about this at my retreat that we had. When I'm talking to somebody, like we do a lot of like people getting up and sharing and coaching on the spot in the room. I'm, I'm looking at that person from a belief system or a lens of their success is inevitable and they already have everything within that they need to get everything that they want. Otherwise, they wouldn't have that desire. Yes. Yeah, the, I believe that the desires that are put in you are, if once you get rid of all like the messy desires, yeah. like a desire for just drinking heaps of alcohol or whatever like that, and you get down to clean desires for your life, yeah. then... Those desires have been put there for a reason. A hundred percent. I believe that those desires are our guidance system. hundred percent. To do what we're here to do. hundred percent. Whether that's God or the universe or higher self, whatever you want to call it, that's the message coming through of here's what you're here to do. Pay attention. And I firmly believe if you're not doing what you love 51% of the day, 51% <laughs> of the day, you're not doing what you're actually supposed to be doing. Mm. If you're not doing, you don't, when people say do what you love, they're not doing that from a place of, because it's really nice to do things that you enjoy. No, they're saying that that is a guidance system and you're not paying attention mm. to it because your whole life you've been indoctrinated into this belief system that life is tough. My dad, obviously I love my dad, I learned a lot from him and he would, I mean like, I'm so grateful that I'm a questioner type person. I want to question everything. But he would just tell me, he says, and he kind of said it nonchalantly, but he'd say, hey, life is tough and then you die. And, <laughs> That's inspiring. And I laugh at that You should now. keynote on that. I mean, it's just so funny that this is yeah. his, like, like, dad, you should listen to my podcast. If he could figure out how yeah. to do that, he probably totally would. But that tech issue is another thing. Life is tough and then you die, right? Mm. So someone says, hey, do what you love. Like, well, I wish I had time for that, but life is tough, mm. you know, and life is hard and and all that. And it's like, yeah, life can be tough. You're tougher, mm. period. You can be harder than life. Mm. But it's a lot easier to go up against these tough things in life when you know you're doing what you're meant to do and you're doing what you love. I think that's beautiful. I'm loving this. Mm. 
Right? Aren't you loving this? My God, It's gosh. not a stage, but you'll have 15,000 people virtually Dude, on your stage from this. I mean, like the fact that I get to live in, in America and, you know, hang out with you, do the podcast, be paid really well, like live how we want to live. I mean, my daughter's at home at the moment. I just saw her because like we've got a nanny looking after her. She's off for spring break. Like... It's just, I really just go, what the hell is this thing? Like, this is ridiculous. Um, And it it will get better. Yes. That's what gets really exciting. Yeah. Is you stay on this path and it just keeps getting better. Mm. But we'll have desires until the day we die. Mm. I firmly believe that. Yeah. I I mean, I haven't stopped having, oh, I want to do this now. Or, oh, let's try this. I Mm. want more of this, please. Right. And I think that there's like, I feel like there's thresholds that you go through when you're building your business. Mm -hmm. Like what you said at the start, like at the start, it's like, oh, I just want to work for myself or (laughs) I just want to earn better money because I could do this better myself. And you're kind of trying to prove something right for yourself and ego and things like that. And then you actually, I mean, I've noticed that even in our, our mastermind members and myself is I get to a certain level and it's like, if I don't tap into a higher purpose, if I don't tap into a greater level of service and transition, then the fire actually dies out. Yes. And I don't know how, I don't know what the experience you've had with like you going through like massive levels for even just recently, you know, what that burn was for you to go to that whole new level that you just jumped to over the last 18 months, man. And I I just, you know, what came up in you? It it was exactly what you're talking about. It was my first iteration was that exactly how you described, like I want to prove it to myself. I want to make money. I want to have a fast car, all these things that would like, I could go back and show the high school kids and college people like I made it and I'm successful. And uh, I did. Lewis Howes and I created Launched Video Traffic Academy in 2011. $400,000 $400,000 in sales in 30 days. And I fell, I didn't realize until later, but I fell into a de- depression. Yeah. And, and it was because like, it was, I was, I just felt empty. Mm-hmm. I really did. It was sc- actually scary. Like I can, I really got a sense of when like a, at a small level of like a movie star that wow. gets a drug addiction or something because they've made it to the top and they still feel empty. <laughs> and I'd wanted for five years, I had wanted that moment. And when it came, nothing changed. I didn't feel any different. I didn't have a new identity. None of that was, I was the same broke, insecure kid that doubted himself with a lack of self-esteem and oh. lack of confidence. I would just gotten good at faking it. I'd got good at acting. Every single thing in almost your ego got fulfilled and got met and there was nothing left. Yep. There was like, there was nothing underneath the there surface that you had created. Yep. Well, I mean, it was probably still there, but, but you hadn't uncovered it yet. But it's, that's a really scary notion, which is why I could really, cause I did, I mean, I started like drinking and like doing a lot of pot and just like not getting off the couch, but it's a really scary notion because mm. you spend a portion of your life thinking that if I get this, it'll fill me up somehow, some way. And then you, you do all this hard work and all this stuff out in the world and you get it and, and it's feels even more empty Mm. that is a very scary thing and i'm just i'm lucky enough that there's another part of me that's like i I keep i'm i'm a student and i'm growing Mm. you know people always say they're like i've seen you grow so much it's like yeah because i'm committed to growth i want to continue to evolve and i do and what changed it was when testimonials started coming back Mm. people saying how their life had been changed their business had been changed and i got hit with a new drug called feedback called purpose called making a difference in someone's life service impact whatever you want to call it and i was like more please Mm. and that has been evolutions of letting go of anything else and just operating more from Mm. that and yes i finally got to a place where it's just like 
it's all or nothing like mm. just let's go all in on that like, who cares like go big go go home like mm. wow you know yeah i mean you're actually about to you're tapping into the last one but i wanted to touch on that Perfect. because actually i i didn't tell you this before the podcast but i had to catch up with brendan lucero the other day yes and we were chatting about like alignments. So when your alignment in your office, and I feel like, I mean, for me, getting my alignment with this focus, I mean, it's always been there, but I feel like just going all in on, on the alignment of speaking and selling on stages, I feel like I'm healing people's lives. Mm-hmm. At the core of it, it's not about selling. It's not about that at all. It's about healing the things that they want in their life it's about relieving pain in their life Mm -hmm. it's about them creating the family the comfort decisions everything that they want in their life like brendan was saying to me he was like you know with his his video stuff and he's just brilliant at it with his positioning and peace he was like i feel like i'm healing people's lives doing it and i was like wow like that's just so impactful when you align with that purpose a hundred percent Gosh, way more time I talk about alignment too because that's a whole episode. But I just got a text from, uh, I get these a lot. It's amazing from like the mastermind members and this individual said something to the effect of like, I just want to thank you, James, because even though I came to you to learn about how to grow my online business, I felt I've become a better leader to my team, a better wife to my husband and a better mother to my children as a result of it. And I feel like we all that's our responsibility and our duty. And yes, we teach it through a very specific vehicle, which yeah. maybe it's selling from stage or how to make YouTube videos. And mm. that's the only reason I walked away from the video stuff was because I was like, I really want to do something at a deeper level yeah. for people. Yeah. And so, yes, it's through the guise of business, but it's to mm. really, and I, I talked to this with our next level members when they got in the room, I said, you know, you came here to like, learn how to have bigger launches and sell more your digital products. But what you're gonna walk away from is how to be a leader Hmm. and how to demonstrate leadership. Leadership to your marketplace, leadership to your team, leadership to your customers, and to anybody else that crosses your path. Because that's what it takes. I mean, that's absolutely what it takes. And a lot of people just have lived their life not showing up with those qualities and ways of being and you know, might as well get started yeah. now. And so that leads into the last point, which is beautiful. Exactly what you said. It is conviction through purpose. Because conviction is the thing that's going to convert. When it comes down to it, the most attractive quality in a human being is certainty. And when you have certainty in an area where someone else has uncertainty, I'm not talking about arrogance or pride. I'm talking about certainty. And it's like, you know, like I know I can help someone in the area I can help someone in. You know you can help someone in the area. Like there's just this certainty and conviction. I heard a random statement from Ed Milet. I uh, listened to his podcast sometimes. And, and he said, he was like studying the most persuasive communicators on the planet. And he said this, this one liner, he said, what I notice about them is they have this monster conviction. And it, no matter what belief, no matter what thing comes up in their audience or whatever, the conviction just monsters it. And your audience will buy because of the conviction that you bring to the yeah. offer, yeah. to the service that you're bringing. It's the most attractive quality of a human being. And all of this is, it's it's so much deeper than just your words, like what you say. Like, well, what's the script I should follow? Or <laughs> so much. The, it's your energy. It's how you're showing up. It's what mm. you're putting out. And that's why I was talking about leadership because leadership is not something that you demonstrate by reading a script or, mm. you know, copying and pasting something. It's, it's you demonstrate it 
through your actions, through your behavior, through just how you show up moment by moment by moment. It's that quote of, I can't hear what you're saying because who you're being is shouting so loud. Oh my gosh, I love that. I can't remember who said that. I'd yeah. love to be able to know who's, I'll look it up later, but but yeah, I love that. I can't hear what you're saying. I can't hear what you're saying because who you're being is shouting so yeah. loud. Well, and then there's all these like studies have done, you know, where like nonverbal communication is like 93% of 100%. communication. Yeah. It's like when someone walks in the room and the whole energy changes yeah. and it's like, what just happened? Mm-hmm. Or I don't know, back in the day, I remember when I, when I used to work in corporate, when I used to have a job and someone would walk in the room and the whole atmosphere would change. And then I would feel myself shrinking back and all that sort of stuff. And it was like just an energy that they bring because of who they're being. Yep. And so when you show up for your audience as a market leader, you know, as a, as a leader in the in your market, you know, who you're showing up as. People will buy your products, yes, because they want the result because and because of just who you are. 100%. Like people will literally put tens of thousands of dollars into your programs a lot of the time just because they want to be close to. They, yes. they, they want to feel the experience of what it's like to live at the level that you're at. And when they feel that, their unconscious beliefs usually float off and they go, wow, that's yeah. actually possible for me. 100%. So I... After we launched Video Trap Academy, I did a, uh, a survey out to the buyers. Why did you buy? And I just left a big blank for them to write. I was such a dummy. I thought they were going to say, well, because I wanted to con- increase my traffic conversion ratio, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Also, I was expecting because I was like, oh, this is going to help me write great copy so that I can sell even more. And 90% of the people that came back, they were describing me on some level. Wow. It was like your teaching style, your energy, your perspective, your lightheartedness, your ability to teach what made it so simple, mm-hmm. so clear. You just know your stuff. I mean, that was all they were describing. And that's when you realize like they'd already made the decision that they needed this. It was just kind of like in their mind, it was like, who am I buying from? Yes. Right. And we need to start asking ourselves, and this is really hard for us as entrepreneurs, can you be objective? Can you just kind of like put your past and your life up on a movie screen or a mirror and look at what you've been doing and how you've been showing up? And are those the actions and behaviors that are reflective of a market leader with confidence that's demonstrating this conviction? Hmm. And that can be a really hard pill for us to swallow when we be honest with ourselves. Mm. Like, I mean, being honest with yourself is the hardest thing to do, right? Self-integrity. Well, this is so key because I feel like, and it's the only path to being a market leader is when you look at that and you, if you say, no, I'm not showing up as a market leader, you say, I am committed to not being a market leader. Right. When you resolve with that and you sit with it, then it's only then that you can truly make a commitment to being a market leader. Yeah. Because then you realize the next level that because you've been kidding yourself up until that point saying, I'm a market leader. And this is slightly different to the beliefs work that I was talking about before, but it's more just going like, how am I showing up in my world? And then looking at that commitment level and your results. And why this is so important, and I think it just brings it full circle, is that when you're not demonstrating this, it's that's where that lack of confidence is, right? When we're afraid and we have a lack of confidence, we're not gonna do the things that actually demonstrate leadership in the marketplace. Mm. When we're afraid of the criticism, we're afraid of the judgments, we're afraid of the negative feedback and all that stuff, what are we gonna do when we're afraid of those things? We're gonna be vanilla. We're gonna water it down, Mm. we're gonna pull our punches, we're gonna say and share everything from the lens of what will everyone agree with? What's going to make everybody happy? What's everybody else saying so I can just jump on that bandwagon? That's not what the market leader is doing. Mm. 
the market leader is the one that's going against the grain. They're standing up against the tide saying, wait mm. a second, everyone's going left. And let me show you mm. why you need to go right. Mm. Yeah. And they have to have that resilience. They have to have that willingness to have the rejection, the criticism, the negative feedback. Mm. That's what makes them a market leader. Mm. Well, let me ask you this. <laughs> so funny. How many times, James, have you seen an ad and... I know I haven't asked you this question before, but you've seen an ad and you've jumped on it and written this really intense negative comment about how then like it's really bad ad. How many times have you done that? I, I, I've never done that. Do you know why you've never done it? Because I'm too busy doing my own ads. Because you're committed to being a market leader. Yeah. Because you're committed. You know what it takes to put yourself out at that level of exposure to run Facebook ads. Totally. To, you know what it takes. So you're like... That's awesome, man. Like you're giving it a go, like go for it. Like, yeah. and so all the people who are writing those comments, dude, they're not gladiators. Mm -hmm. They're not in the frigging arena. Yeah. And so I'm not taking any comments and that is exactly, I mean, I'd never asked you that before, but I knew the answer would be zero and I'm zero as well. I'll do the opposite. I'll sit there and find ways. If, if exactly. I know them or if works them in some way, like I'll leave a testimonial or like Colin's amazing. Like, yeah, it's because you're in the ring, dude. Yeah. You know the courage that it takes to step in the ring. And the people who comment, they're the spectators. They're not in the ring. So, right. I don't give stuff about and, it. And that's who the people that we're choosing to be afraid of. Yes. Now, I respect them as human beings, but I don't care about what they say. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just don't give a crap. Because it doesn't have anything to do with you. Nothing to do with me. Right. They're not in the arena. They're not gladiator. Yeah. So, this is awesome. This has been really cool. <laughs> so <laughs> good, man. So good. good. You shared five beliefs. I kind of wrote them down in my interpretation. Speaking is selling. We're always selling. Yes. Sell, sell, sell. Get used to it. Because if you're not selling, they're not paying attention. You're asking for something, their time, their engagement, or their money. And to sell is to serve. When someone makes that clear, distinct decision, that's where value begins, mm. 100%. You have to be in this place of resolve that you're here to cause a transformation in someone's life, is number four. And number five, you said conviction through purpose. purpose. Tapping into your purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. And Mine, which kind of connects to a couple of those, my number six, which I already stated that I just love, is that you're either doing what you love or you're not doing what you were put here to do. Hmm. Plain and simple. Hmm. Which is your desires. Absolutely. Yeah, coming back to them. Absolutely. So, yeah. This has been awesome, man. Any final words, parting thoughts to wrap it up? I think I just want to encourage all your listeners to keep showing up. And, you know, when I think about it, what do, you know, what do I love helping people to do is just to show up in their life. And I've, I've learned that from you. I love teaching that. It's like, how do you just show up in your life on another level? Yeah. And in that showing up, you learn to trust yourself on a greater level. And when you learn to trust yourself, you learn to like yourself more mm. on a greater level. Yeah. And when you like yourself, then your world can't not like you back. Ugh, so true. I love it. Colin Boyd, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, we're going to bring you back on. We're going to do a Friday episode. We're going to talk about some really cool tactics and strategies for um, if you're speaking on stage, if you want to sell from stage. These are all things that are applicable if you're selling from a Facebook Live yep. or a webinar since all the actions that we're doing is selling anyways. It's pretty relevant. So join us this Friday for a Biz Tip Friday special edition where Colin's coming back. This will be your third time back on. I'm excited, bro. Awesome. We'll see you guys all then. Until then, have a fantastic week and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. What is the reoccurring revolution? 
Well, if you look closely, you'll notice that smart and successful entrepreneurs are all adding reoccurring monthly revenue to their business model so they can create consistency in their cash flow and certainty in their lives. And they're doing this with paid monthly digital membership programs. So let me ask you, did you get into this business so you could stay up late at night and worry about where next month's sales were going to come from? Or did you want to create something that would work even when you didn't? That's what a membership is all about. And my good friend, Mr. Stu McLaren, founder of Tribe, is hosting a free video workshop on how to start, launch, and grow your very own profitable membership so you too can get in on the reoccurring revolution and finally move from a place of constantly selling to consistently serving. So to get started now, head on over to jameswedmore.com forward slash tribe right now.